0: It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 21 Stepping into the chamber, the darkness fell so suddenly that they had to stop and hold their position while the spots danced before their eyes. Only the red panda seemed unaffected, and Kit wouldn't have liked to guess if he had a setting for just such an emergency in his mask lenses, or if he was faking it. "'Look at this,' he said, before either of the others really could. The flying squirrel felt her way forward and found herself standing beside a massive stone that took up most of the passageway and stood almost four feet high. "'What the heck?' she asked, turning back toward the rubble-strewn entrance. She could now see that there had been doors under all that rock, and they were shattered now thrown aside like toys behind the furious blast Max had unleashed. That must have been something to see. But all of the other stones that had been thrown this far were smaller, football-sized at best. This one was a monster. How did this thing make it this far? she asked, amazed. It didn't, the red panda said gravely. Touch it. She did. It was perfectly smooth. This wasn't rubble at all. She looked up. "'The chamber seemed endless. "'She plied her flashlight up and still could see nothing. "'If this stone fell from above, "'it would have been travelling at a heck of a clip "'when it crashed to the ground. "'As near as I can tell,' the red panda said, "'the debris from the blast must have triggered something in the floor. "'Or perhaps the blast itself did it. "'Doesn't matter which, really. "'The point is that if anyone did get past those doors, "'the first thing that was meant to happen "'was for them to get squashed like a bug.' If they had one trap, Kit said, there'll be more. Probably lots of them. Under the circumstances, I hate to point this out, Falcone said with a glance behind them, but I think that time may be of the essence. They're down, but they won't stay down for long. I wish we had more handcuffs, she said crossly. The red panda shrugged. Doesn't come up that often, he said. We had enough for Pavli and El Namir. That'll slow things down a titch. "'And then Thatcher's sporting them pretty bands, Max,' she said. "'You remember how much you enjoyed them?' "'Pavli can remove them,' Falcone warned. "'Ah, but will he?' the red Band asked. "'Thatcher showed his true colors there. "'If I were Pavli, I would find an excuse to leave them on "'until I was holding the eye of Anubis in my hand at the very least. "'Come on, there's not much room on the side. "'It's probably easier to go over.' He leapt up onto the rock and reached down to help Falcone up. Kit followed behind, scrambling up the smooth surface easily with a boost from her static shoes. "'I did smash the locks pretty good,' Kit offered. "'That might give Pavley an excuse to keep them on. "'While they thrash this out, we'll get the eye and head for the hills.' She dropped to the floor beside them and noticed that they were not moving. Floating six or eight feet ahead of them was a glowing orb of pure light, floating delicately like a will-o'-the-wisp." Her hand was to her utility belt before she realized that Max was controlling the movements of the orb, which he had clearly just created. Kit returned the throwing star to its pouch and grinned sheepishly, but neither of them seemed to have noticed. Their attention was on the passage ahead of them, which was enormous and seemed to branch off in a number of directions. All right, the Red Panda said at last. Forget everything you knew about pyramids. That shouldn't be difficult, Kit said brightly. The Red Panda ignored this and carried on. Most pyramids are solid right through because of their tombs. A single massive gravesite fit for a king. This is something different. A temple, Falcone offered, and a maze. A place where they could venerate great power and not displease the god whose power it was, but also keep that power out of the reach of, well, anyone. And you don't think they assumed the big rock took care of that? Kit asked, not especially, hopefully. "'Let's find out,' the red panda said, and took a step forward. Suddenly the floor gave away beneath his weight, and he was hanging above a black abyss of open space. For a moment he teetered there, both hands in the air, in a gesture of astonishment. For an instant he wondered what had stopped him from plummeting to his doom. But then he felt the tension on his coat and turned his head. The flying squirrel had two fistfuls of his jacket gripped in her hands, and her jaw was set firm against the strain of holding him back. You got anvils in your pockets or something, boss? she groaned. Just a few, he said, regaining his balance. All right. Let's try... this. He tapped the hidden control on the side of his domino mask several times as he examined the sprung trap before him, then continued the process as he looked down the passage. His mask lenses flashed, and his face was an impassive study of concentration. Falcone tried not to look nervously toward the opening in the side of the mountain just a few yards away. "'Well, I'll be,' the red panda said at last. "'What is it?' Kit asked. "'There's another one right beyond. "'Literally a single step past the first trap door,' he said. "'I imagine that you'd feel rather silly on the way down.' "'Let's try not to find out,' she said, firing up her static shoes. "'And let's try to leave this trap intact. "'I'm sick of clearing a path for those mooks.' "'Agreed,' the red panda said. "'Come here, Max, let me give you a hand.' Moments later they were past the trap and on the threshold of the next chamber. The Red Panda held them there for a moment while he scanned ahead on every setting that he had. "'I'm afraid we don't have time for this, old friend,' the stranger offered. "'I know it,' the Red Panda said. "'But that's three death-traps in about eighteen feet of passageway, and I'm feeling a little skittish.' "'All right. Let's go.' The chamber was about sixty feet across and thirty deep. The walls were covered with hieroglyphs, and there were four doorways, each with slightly different shapes and markings above. The Red Panda played the beam of his flashlight over the markings and stared at them intently, while Falcone closed his eyes and reached out with both arms before him, muttering unintelligible words under his breath. The orb of light dimmed as Max spent his power elsewhere, and Kit waited quietly for a few moments. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, she suggested. The Red Panda sighed. "'It might not be the worst idea in the world. "'It would take weeks to decipher these markings "'and still more time to properly interpret their meaning. "'In the end, I still doubt very much that any of them say "'this way to the enormously powerful relic. "'How are you doing, Max?' "'Falcone opened his eyes, and the orb's glow grew once again. "'The locator spell I am using is not without its faults. "'It doesn't really suggest a direction.' "'merely detects energies on certain wavelengths. "'The walls of the pyramid and the tons of rock that covers them "'did an admirable job of containing those energies "'and preventing their detection. "'So admirable that this must surely have been the point. "'But the net result is that all of that energy "'has been contained within this structure for thousands of years. "'Everything is quite literally bathed in it.' "'So you can't tell us which way to the eye?' the flying squirrel asked. Falcone shook his head. "'Not definitively,' he said. "'All four passageways may very well lead to the eye of Anubis, for all we know. "'But when I sent my energies down this path,' he said, indicating the second from the left, "'the residual energies did not disperse before me as easily.' "'Which means the power is stronger this way?' the Red Panda offered. "'Possibly,' Falcone said. "'But that's about the best I can do at this distance.' They could hear the sound of voices from far behind them. Meany it is then, the Red Panda said, plunging forward into the darkness. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday, we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.